Come on, come on now. What is the setup here? I mean, who's your boss? God. What? My boss is God. I'm an angel. I'm one of the best, but I try. And I make mistakes. Guess he figures the only way I'm going to learn is by mistakes. I'm kind of new at this. Hello. Welcome to Highway to Heaven Revisited. Hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders. With moderator, Sam Hine. Merry Christmas, podcast listeners. My name is Sam Hine, and welcome to the Highway to Heaven Revisited Christmas in July Extended Podcast Preview. For those of you who haven't heard, Highway to Heaven Revisited is a brand new watch-along podcast hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders, dedicated to Michael Landon's classic 1980s TV series, Highway to Heaven. And I am happy to announce that Highway to Heaven Revisited will start releasing on a weekly basis October 11th, 2020. If you need some help remembering, let me tell you a little bit more about Highway to Heaven. From 1984 to 1989, Michael Landon, the man who brought you Pa Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, Little Joe Cartwright on Bonanza, and Tony Rivers in I Was a Teenage Werewolf, made his triumphant return to television with Highway to Heaven, a show that he not only stars in, but also created. As you may recall, on Highway to Heaven, Michael Landon portrays Jonathan Smith, an actual angel sent down to Earth with one mission, to help people. Along the way, Michael Landon is quickly joined by his earthly companion, Mark Gordon, portrayed by longtime friend and Little House on the Prairie cast member, Victor French. Together, Mark and John drive the ever-winding highways of America, stopping in a new town every episode, fixing people's problems, and sometimes their car or air conditioners, magically, along the way. If you enjoy this extended podcast preview, be sure to subscribe to Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. After that, please donate the majority of your disposable income to our Patreon page, and don't forget to encourage all of your friends, family, and co-workers to do exactly the same. We look forward to you joining us for the Season 1 premiere of Highway to Heaven Revisited October 11th, and Merry Christmas in July! So, without any further ado, here it is. The Highway to Heaven Revisited Christmas in July Extended Podcast Preview. Come on, come on now. What is the setup here? I mean, who's your boss? God. What? My boss is God. I'm an angel. I'm one of the best, but I try. And I make mistakes. Guess he figures the only way I'm going to learn is by mistakes. I'm kind of new at this. Hello. Welcome to Highway to Heaven Revisited. Hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders. With moderator, Sam Hine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite Highway to Heaven related podcast. It's called Highway to Heaven Revisited. It's the show where your hosts, Rachel Mayer and Joel Luders, stop by to talk to me, the moderator, Sam Hine. And they talk about every episode in sequence in great detail as it happens on the popular 1980s television show from the 1980s called, starring Michael Landon, called Highway to Heaven. We watch it so you don't have to, Sam. And I am so thankful that you provide me this service. 
And hopefully, I think that's fun for people to listen to. It's definitely a fun experience for me so far. Well, and like I like to say, I just think it's funnier that way. I think it so. It works better. It does. Yeah. Not to be too meta, but when I listen to some podcasts and they're about television shows or movies, I used to watch all the movies that they described and then I stopped watching it and mm-hmm. the laughter is just different when I haven't watched the film. Oftentimes I'm upset. It sounds like you're stumping for people who listen to this podcast to really dig their heels in to the ground and uh, get in front of one of those streaming platforms and start watching the show along with you? No, I'm saying with a show like this, you might not have to watch the episodes. I mean, it's working for me so far. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sam. Well, thank you for being here, Joel. So that's uh, Joel and Rachel. They're here, Mm -hmm. and you're listening to, I believe, the 11th episode of this podcast. If this is your first episode, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Let's start talking about episode 13 of season one of Highway to Heaven. What's the name of this episode, guys? Another Song for Christmas. Okay, I guess it follows. This is the Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. So on our way over here, Joel did say, let's not uh, tell Sam it's a Christmas episode. Let's see how long it takes him to figure it out. And I was like, it's not going to take him that long. It didn't. I'm yeah, impressed. Quite frankly. Uh, Good job, Sam. I don't know how I figured that out so fast. Another song for Christmas. Is that what it's called? Another song for Christmas. Yes. Okay. I'm going to predict Victor French. He's going to make a solid attempt at singing at some point. You had some pretty good predictions in the last episode, so we'll see. All right, so Jonathan Price and uh, Mark, they're on the road? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So we fade in, and it's a close-up of a Christmas tree covered in crystal bells and red ribbons with heroic Christmas music playing in the background. And the camera's just doing this close-up tracking down the Christmas tree from the top all the way down to what is sitting underneath the tree is a little book that says A Christmas Carol. Fasten your seatbelts, everybody, (laughs) because Michael Landon is going to take on Charles Dickens. This is the Christmas Carol. Oh, my God. I can't even wait. It's going to be bananas. Joel also said, let's see how long it takes Sam to figure out it's about the Christmas Carol. Not very long. I would just like to say that my prediction as well is that there aren't necessarily three ghosts of Christmas. They're all the three ghosts of Michael Landon Christmas. He just gets to be all three. Close. Close. Not quite. I'd say don't get your expectations too high and you won't be disappointed. Okay. So are we in somebody's house who has a book under a Christmas tree or is that just the opening tableau? That's just the opening shot. Great. Hard cut to a big sign of a used car lot that says, Honest Eddie's Used Cars. I smell some angel magic. <laughs> That's you, his angel magic. Thing. Are you talking about Michael Landon's karma count? <laughs> yes. So far, the karma count on one episode, I believe it occurred three times in one episode. Let's th- see what I happens, guys. I think it's guys. a pretty safe bet that there will be some car magic. All right, All so right. we're four seconds into the show. Yep. Joel, we're at that car lot, Honest Eddie's car lot. Honest Eddie's car lot, and we cut to inside the car lot office, and there's an older couple. They're talking to a salesman who works there, and they're saying, you know, hey, you know, we really love this car we tried out. We'd really like to buy this, uh, but I don't know if we have the right kind of financing if we can afford this car. 
Enter Honest Eddie himself. Honest Eddie comes into the sales office and he's just all smiles, all handshakes, introduces himself to this couple. We find out this is Bonnie and Jeff Simpson. They're in their late 60s, early 70s. Honest Eddie makes some pretty uh, funny jokes like, oh, you're newlyweds, I bet. Wink, wink, laugh, laugh. He says something like, you gotta treat your good little woman right and make her happy. Put her in the car of her choice. Money doesn't mean anything when it comes to love and Am I right? And they're just eating it up. I mean, they're like, oh my God, it's Honest Eddie himself. It's the guy from the commercials. Ah, <sighs> he's like a local celebrity. Yeah. The actor that plays Honest Eddie, he looks super familiar. His name is Jeffrey Lewis. He's just been in like everything. Okay. <laughs> he's like been in every TV show for like the last 30 years. Got started in Clint Eastwood movies, Devil's Rejects, Murder, She Wrote. Just super familiar. He's known for having a rustic, sour-faced look. I'm sure I would recognize him if I saw him. But Joel, was he in Quantum Leap? No. Oh. Dang it. But he is the father of 10. Oh. Including Juliet Lewis. What? Okay, so Juliet Lewis's dad is in this yeah. episode. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't recall knowing that Juliet Lewis's father was an actor. Or no. that she had nine siblings. No. no, not at all. So Honest Eddie himself is, is talking to this young couple, and the salesperson is saying that he doesn't think they'll be able to get credit from the bank. Like, the financing just isn't going to work out. And Honest Eddie said, banks, banks, banks don't know anything about love. I'll do the financing myself. There's no need for a bank. It's the day before Christmas. Yeah. I'll do this for you. This is your Christmas present. Okay. And they're just so happy. This is all probably too good to be true true. Of course it is. I mean, what kind of person would actually put the name Honest on their business? And I think car dealerships have, this reputation has gotten a little bit better, but certainly in the early 80s, that used car salesman reputation was just that they are out to get you. You can't trust them. They're slippery. Yeah, and Honest Eddie has that side to him, I would say. And that's what we learned. The couple leave, presumably, to go out and look at their new used car. The salesman comes up to Honest Eddie. He's like, Eddie, Maybe I'm new here, but I don't understand. There's no way that old man can make those payments. And you know what kind of shape that car's in? Of course he can't make the payments. But he can put the $500 down. And the first payment he misses will repo that old junker. It still runs. You make more money selling a car three times than you do selling it once. Plunder and pillage, pal. That's the name of the game. Don't ever forget it. Wonder and pillage. Wonder and pillage, that's right. So Honest Eddie is not so honest after all. No. And he's got a guy who works for him who has a moral center. You can thankfully forget about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> with a lot of these episodes, we're going to throw a bunch of characters at you. You won't have to worry about that so much with this one. Eddie goes to the shop connected to the building where there's a mechanic under a lifted vehicle turning wrenches. Hey, how's my new chief mechanic doing on his first day at the job? This is where we get to meet Mr. Ratchet. Mr. Ratchet? <laughs> Mr. Ratchet. Yeah. He asks Honest Eddie, he says, I have to ask you for a favor. I know I've just started here, but I'm wondering if I can get an advance on my paycheck. Christmas is coming. I know I'm a new employee, but one of my kids is pretty sick. And I'd really like to get him some nice toys for Christmas. The implication being he might not be around for the next Christmas. I hate to say this, but I would love to see what kind of malady this child has. <laughs> How they flipped it. I mean, it's genius so far. It's still Cratchit, a, it's a, ratchet, <laughs> and then Tiny Tim's legs don't work, so maybe they're going to switch that up. Maybe, like, his wrist is sore or something. <laughs> he has a headache. <laughs> 
So Chief Mechanic Ratchet is asking for this advance on his paycheck. He says, I'll work overtime. I'll pay you back with interest. And Anna said, he's like, say no more. You got it, friend. You'll pay me back with interest. Yeah, you got it. You know what? Why don't you take the afternoon off? Go get your shopping done. Meet me back at the shop later tonight after we've closed. I've got a few cars that need their odometers set back. You help me out with that. I'll help you out with your paycheck advance. Easy peasy. That's how you get deals done. This is going to work out great for Ratchet. Well, meeting ra- alone with a greedy, weird boss after hours when nobody's there. What could go wrong? Well, Ratchet says to him, but honest Eddie, that's a felony. I feel like that used to be a trope that was talked about more. You never hear that in TV and movies. I'm setting back the odometer. Sure. Maybe it's not something that can be easily done anymore. I don't know anything about cars I mean, either. that was the all is lost moment in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Was that, hey, we'll just uh, put oh, the car yeah. in reverse yeah. and ride it in reverse to roll the odometer back. Turns out it doesn't work. Yeah, it turns out the heroes of the story are actually just dumb teenagers after all. I used to, when I was sick from school, sometimes I used to watch Ferris Bueller twice in a day. Did you picture yourself having that kind of adventure? Oh, it would have been so cool. It would have been super cool. I feel like that was my first introduction to sarcasm was Ferris Bueller. Yeah. So, so far we've got Honest Eddie, we've got his chief mechanic, Ratchet, who is refusing to commit this crime, showing himself to be an honest man. What do you think Honest Eddie's response is to a fellow like that? What do I care about the poor? Poor mean nothing to me. Christmas humbug. Humbug, I say. You're jumping ahead a scene or two. (laughs) Beautiful, Sam. (laughs) Very close. Thank you. Hey, it's now a good time to pitch you guys a radio play for the... uh... Christmas Carol? Will you play all the parts in it? <laughs> Gladly, to the annoyance of every listener involved. We have a few months till Christmas, Sam. You can make that happen. Well, he gets fired. Honest Eddie fires his new mechanic. That's crazy He's stuff. He's like, too bad. You, I'm not going to advance your pay, and I'm going to fire you for saying no to me. And then he's like, can I get paid for the work that I've done for you and the uniforms that I've bought? Honest Eddie's like, no, sue me for it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a great attorney. He is not a good guy. So next thing, we see Mark and Jonathan pull into the car lot. So we know that they're in this episode. So just at the moment that Ratchet is getting fired, Mm -hmm. Mark and John are showing up Mark and John are pulling in. Honest Eddie has kind of ruined Ratchet's day. Now he's going to go ruin somebody else's day. Uh, Mr. Watkins comes walking in. I have a little bit of dialogue here. If you'd like to join me, Joel. Oh, I absolutely would love to. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a first-time listener to the Highway to Heaven Revisited podcast, this is what we call a reenactment by Joel and Rachel, wherein they reenact a scene from Highway to Heaven. So we have two characters in this scene, Honest Eddie and Millard Watkins. Who would you like to be, Joel? I would like to be Millard Watkins, the aged uh, gentleman. All right. And by gentleman, I mean he's, he's an older man, but he's dressed nicely. Not three-piece suit nicely, but he's respectable. Put, he's put together. He's probably an insurance salesman. Something like that. Something like that. I mean, that. that's what he looks like. Oh, Mr. Eddie. Hi, I'm Millard Watkins. What can I do for you? Well, I'm on the board of the local orphanage, and we're trying to enlist the aid of prominent businessmen in the community. You see, our orphanage is about to lose its home. I'm not interested. But wait, I haven't finished. Oh, you finished, all right. I know all about orphanages, and I know all about orphans, and I'm not interested. If you could just see these children... (laughs) I'd probably puke. I don't like dogs, and I don't like kids. But in the spirit of Christmas, surely you... We have the spirit of Christmas here. It's the best time for selling a car. Now, if you'll excuse me... (laughs) End scene. Ah, 
scene. Amazing. <laughs> well, thanks for that great scene, guys. I'm beginning to figure out who the Scrooge character might be of this show. Is it on a steady? Maybe. I'm going to speculate that there's a deep pocket of abandonment pain in Honesty's heart. There's a little boy inside who hurts bad. <laughs> I want you to be reassured Mark and Jonathan are coming up next. Try to sell him a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He Good goes end. up and he starts to trying to sell him the car they're looking at. Brad Top of the morning to your friends. What can I do for you? Uh, we're really just looking around, thanks. Well, couldn't do better than this little machine you're standing right next to here. Would you believe that this only has 30,000 miles on it? No. What? No, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say it had 153,000 miles on it. Well, you'd be just as wrong as you could be. All you've got to do is check that odometer. This little honey has been babied every step of the way. Been in two wrecks. It has, has it? Yeah, it has. And Honest Eddie is like, who are you guys? Are you, are you the police? Better Business Bureau? You're not? Get off my lot. Because they do have to tell you they're cops. Otherwise, it's entrapment. <laughs> are you a cop? And so Jonathan responds to that with, hey, Eddie, Merry Christmas. And he's like, same to you, fella. <laughs> that is the equivalent to Michael Landon flipping him the bird. Totally. So in the next scene, they didn't buy a car. We see John and Mark walking. And it's like evening. And this presumably is set in California. So it's Christmas time, but it's like nice out. Everyone's in shirt sleeves. No snow, obviously. Just walking around town. Mark is complaining. Ah, we've been walking for two hours. My feet hurt so bad. And Mark's a little bummed out because he said it doesn't seem like Christmas without any snow. Who do we walk by but Santa Claus? And Santa says, good evening, Jonathan. (laughs) And Mark's like, oh man, you know Santa? (laughs) Yeah, John's like, Chris? Chris. Hey man, it's been a long time. How's the missus? And Santa's like, oh, she's a little tired about now. And John's like, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> right on the nose. And so then Jonathan just says, have a good trip tonight. And Santa's like, God be with you. And Jonathan's like, God be with you. Santa is played by the actor Don Badeau. He was also on Little House on the Prairie. He was super prolific, especially in the early television. Basically every TV show from the 30s, 40s, up through the 80s, he played some part in, he was an actor in. Awesome. I don't know how old he is at this point, but he's an old man. He's Santa. And he's playing Santa. So once I learned that this guy had been in television from the get-go, from theater becoming TV, having him come in and play Santa, I feel like was kind of like Michael Landon being like, hey, let's get the grandfather of television. Let's get him to come in and play Santa. That's amazing. Mark's a little skeptical, of course. And he's like, who's that? How long have you known him? Because John's like, oh, he's just an old friend of mine. I've known him since I was a little kid. And Mark's like, Chris? Chris who? And then we're going to just pause that conversation. We're going to suddenly look over and there's a toy store and we see our chief mechanic Ratchet jiggling the handle, kind of looking like he's trying to break into the toy store. He's got a Slim Jim, Oh, I didn't see that. Which is what used to open up car doors. So clearly trying to break into the toy store. (laughs) He's been pushed to his limits and he's trying to save Christmas for his alien family. He's had a pretty bad day. Honest Eddie just stiffed him for the uniforms and everything. Mm -hmm. That's a pet peeve of mine, by Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of like having to pay for the clothes that I'm expected to work in. Hey, uh, welcome to your new job. Uh, you're going to figure out in two and a half weeks that this job sucks and you're going to quit, but uh, this shirt is $25, so we'll take it out of your first paycheck, which you'll get in two and a half weeks after you figure out that you don't want to work here anymore. Agreed. Yeah, there's some famous quote, like maybe Thoreau or something along the lines of never trust any enterprise that requires new clothes. I love it. All right, so they intervene on Mr. Ratchet committing a crime. They walk over to him. John 
is like, oh, hey, storekeeper locking up for the night. And Ratchet's like, oh, oh, uh, wait, wait, wait uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it must be a big night. It's Christmas. He's like, are you going to open tomorrow? And Ratchet's like, yeah, yeah, we'll open up tomorrow. <laughs> and then they just say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. He's been diverted from his crime. And Mark then guesses, I have a feeling that guy's maybe part of our assignment. Yeah, he must be our assignment. Otherwise, why wouldn't you bust him for trying to break into that store? I would have busted him. Because I used to be a cop, you know. Have I ever mentioned that? And then John's like, ah, he's part of it. Yeah, and he says something like lots of people make mistakes trying to help the people they love. I mean, that's the thing. You get desperate times, allow people to do bad things to get out of them. And that's the way you control people is if you make them think that they're in desperate times when they're actually not. That's the best way to to steal from people Mm -hmm. is to create fake emergencies. Just YouTube a bunch of scam bait videos on YouTube and you can watch people getting tricked or not out of losing their money. You and me have much different YouTube wormholes, Joel. (laughs) I was too busy watching uh, helicopter chainsaw videos. What? All you got to do is Google helicopter chainsaw. I saw it on Twitter and there was this crazy video of a helicopter flying with a cable attached to it. And at the end of the cable, I can only describe it as like a giant chainsaw, like a 20 foot like saw. This is a way of saving manpower Mm -hmm. where they have a very meticulous helicopter pilot fly about 10 yards from an active power line and just hack off the tree line next to the power line with this giant chainsaw. That sounds awful. I hope they alert the squirrels and birds ahead of time that there's this guillotine flying through the air. It's kind of a mesmerizing thing to watch. These trees, just the limbs just fall straight down. It's just like you put a cheese grill on a bunch of trees. Lately, I've been watching a lot of this show on YouTube from Animal Planet that is a guy going in and helping pet owners deal with their obese pets. So he puts obese cats and dogs on a diet. But that led YouTube to recommend an old favorite show of mine that I had forgotten called Super Fat versus Super Skinny, which is a British reality show in which they pair someone who's basically anorexic with someone who's obese. And instead of giving them actual health they just send them to a house they call it the feeding clinic and they send them there for a few days and they make them switch diets so they go from one unhealthy diet to another they make the really fat person eat the skinny person's diet and the skinny person eat the fat person's diet and it's so fascinating to me oh my gosh that is grotesque (laughs) that's one that Joel will not watch with me so mean it is and I don't feel like anyone learns anything except for the audience just pats themselves on the back for not having an eating disorder. Well, ladies and gentlemen listening, feel free to contact us online and let us know uh, what kind of YouTube wormholes you go down. Maybe if it's interesting, we'll feature your comment on the show. Mm, I like that. Uh, Where did we just leave off? The slim jimming of the toy store. Ratchet walks away. In the next scene, we are now inside a mansion. There's an interesting shot. It's filmed from the second floor down at a high angle. You can see the candelabra at the top of the mansion. And you can just sort of see the tops of people's heads. Yeah, it's like looking.
looking down in a giant entryway from the overhead staircase. Is Agnes Moorhead standing there on the second floor, glowering at the serfs below in her house? No, there's no one up there with you to look at. Uh. There's someone yelling at the front door. It's Honest Eddie coming home, and he's yelling at his elderly butler to get the door for him. And the elderly butler comes up. Uh, hey, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just wrapping up. It's, you know, Christmas Eve. Uh. <laughs> Eddie's like giving him Get the works. Get me a snack. Yeah, I'm I want a snack. Okay, okay, well, all right. Would you care for a late night snack, sir? No, I don't want anything. Had a hard day, I'm not hungry. Then, uh, <clears throat> would it be all right, sir, if I took the rest of the evening off? Yeah, go ahead, I'll see you in the morning. In the morning, sir? Yes. What are you, a parrot? But tomorrow's... Christmas. I know that, but I still have to eat breakfast on Christmas morning. Who do you think is going to cook it? Me? No, sir. What? What? It's my grandchildren, sir. It's Christmas morning. I promised them I'd be there. Well, don't make promises you can't keep. I want breakfast at 8 o'clock. Good night. Honest Eddie's not a very nice guy. Boom. Hard cut. We are looking at a television screen uh-huh. in a dark room. And bedroom. Bedroom. But we just see the TV and Honest Eddie is on TV and he's singing, hey, love is buying a new truck. If you want to show your family you'll love them, spend some money down at Honest Eddie's. We zoom out and it's a TV in Eddie's bedroom. Eddie is lying in bed fast asleep. And we go back to the TV. It turns to snow. <sighs> And we see John. That's not love, Eddie, and you know it. That's right, Eddie. I'm talking to you. Come on, Eddie. All you think about is the almighty dollar. That's all you care about. Just yourself. Eddie wakes up shocked. Turns off the television. Spooky. I like it. Eddie lays back down. Then out of the shadows steps John. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So scary. So scary. Eddie immediately throws his hands up in the air and is like, take my money. Take my money. It's over there. You can shut off the TV, but you can't shut off the truth. That is bananas. Eddie jumps out of bed. He's dressed in really nice pajamas with a smoking jacket. It's a lot like Sybil's. Like Sybil's. Oh, really? He tries to run away and he goes to open the door, but the door is locked. And he's like, no, you're not going to kidnap me. This actor is kind of great, actually. Over the top, but in a really good way. He's really living it for you. And so he's like tugging on the doorknob. And of course, the door is magic shut. It's not going to open for him. John goes, Eddie, it's time to start our journey. You can't run away, Eddie. You can open the door now. And he opens the door. And inside the door, it's a different place. We're looking into a new interior. Oh, man. I, I actually might watch this episode. So we're looking into this like old timey interior. It looks like kind of a wooden cabin interior. Lots of kids running around, some adults. All the women are wearing prairie style dresses. The guys have on like suspenders and mm-hmm. button up shirts. It's old timey. This is where Honest Eddie grew up. Someone's playing the harmonica. Yep. They're doing Silent Night. The kids are all gathered around listening. There's a really Charlie Brown style little Christmas tree in the corner. This is where Eddie grew up. This is my grandmother's house in Arkansas. She's been dead 42 years. And he tries to talk to her. And Jonathan's like, oh, no, no, no. They can't hear us. They can't see us. We're just watching them. Yeah, dude, this is the Christmas episode, Christmas Carol of Highway to Heaven, dude. Do you not know this story? You're screwed, right? (laughs) Now's the part where you say, "Uh, these are nothing but uh, hallucinations, a bit of undigested beef spirits. Be gone. 
be gone. Oh, I wish they had modernized that line somehow. <laughs> he goes, oh, that's me from when I was eight years old. Oh, I forgot how dirt poor we were. Mm-hmm. And it's Eddie like pulling on a little girl's braid. Jonathan's like, you didn't have a lot of money, but you had a lot of love. We didn't even have enough food that year. Oh, it was terrible. We had such a hard winter and a hard spring. We barely made it to eat. And John says, yeah, but the neighbors came over and helped you out. That's real love. And he's like, ah, they were hayseeds, suckers, all of them. Rubes. (laughs) Cars are love. (laughs) Pretty much. And then grandpa in the scene is like, time to open up the presents, kids. Little kid Eddie runs over and he's looking around. He's like, there isn't anything for me. There's no presents for me under the tree. And grandma says, that's because your present's too big to fit under the tree, Eddie. Oh, wow. What do you think he got? How old did you say he was in the... Like eight. Well, he got a car. I mean, come on. (laughs) He got a car. So close. He actually got something that he says he has had more fun with than any car in his life. He got a bike. Of course. He got a Silver Flyer bike. Nice. Bright red. And he goes, ah, that was the best Christmas there ever was. And after that, Grandma shoved me into a foundling's home. (laughs) No. That's not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma died. She didn't send him to the orphanage. Well. Grandma loved him. Yeah. Grandma was the one person who really loved him but she died okay and then the other relatives presumably shoved him into the foundling home good lord yeah so it wasn't grandma well someone so all of those people like grandpa's playing harmonica in the corner and then grandma dies and boom all those kids are just yeah. shuffled away to an orphanage i thought that was pretty questionable because there were definitely other adults in the room well you know we could learn our lesson and stop picking apart the minutiae of yeah. whether or not these plot points are plausible but then i wonder how much content we actually have for a podcast but given the kind of <laughs> Of stories portrayed so far in the first season of Highway to Heaven. This is the convention of storytelling where yep. it's just like, this is how something bad happened. Mm-hmm. Something bad happened, so something good can happen. Yeah. So he's in the orphanage. And he says, man, when I got in that orphanage, I vowed to make so much money that this wouldn't happen to me again. No one would ever take my loved ones away from me again. And Jonathan's like, yep, and you never loved anyone again. <laughs> Eddie's like, but grandma would be proud. I'm a millionaire. And he's like, well, when's the last time you told someone that you loved them? When was the last time someone ever said they loved you? Then they start to fade out of the scene. Jonathan's like, time to go. And Eddie says, can't we stay a little bit longer? And Jonathan says, it doesn't work that way. And then they do that slow disappear thing. And he's like, oh, wait, what's going on here? Whoa, 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 whoa. And they fade out and yeah. cuts to the commercial. Not a real commercial, but it's a commercial, commercial, a commercial break. break. The next thing we see is Eddie and he's in his car asleep and he's waking up in the passenger seat. I'm in my car. What is this? Who are you? Who do I look like? You look like a hairball. He's like, who are you? You look like a hairball. (laughs) And then he realizes, wait, you were with that other guy today. He's like, where's that other guy? What are we doing in my car? And Mark says, that other guy's in your past. I'm the spirit of Christmas present. Now fasten your seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Mark's not usually in on the game like this. Mm -hmm. He's in on this one. This episode is trippy as hell right now, guys. Mm -hmm. And next thing that happens is the car takes off like a sleigh. So 
of the car is flying. It's nighttime. We're going over the city at night. You can see the lights of the cars beneath them, the city. And so we're going to cut to our next destination. It's a big old house decorated for Christmas. And there's a whole lot of kids running around wearing white night shirts. They look like they're having a good time. They're like playing, running around the house. It's Christmas Eve. Fast Eddie says, oh, that's that place old man Millard is always trying to get me to donate to. Watkins. Watkins? Who's Miller? Millard Watkins. Millard Watkins. Millard Watkins. Yes. Yeah. So we're in the orphanage. And Fast Eddie has a really good observation. Night shirts. Why is it they never give kids in places like this pajamas? Because they can't afford them. So they use one size fits all. You know, the first money I ever made, I bought myself a pair of pajamas. I liked that explanation because I was like, oh, yeah, kids in orphanages always are wearing night shirts. Yeah, I'd never considered that. Like, I'd never considered why German villains in films have scars on their faces. But <laughs> it holds up. I was watching something old the other day, and there was like a German guy in an outfit, like a military outfit. Mm-hmm scar right on the top and bottom of his left eye and I was like I know how that happened Mm -hmm. this podcast is here to answer questions I'm so happy that you taught that to me Joel you're welcome so Fast Eddie expresses his disdain for everything then we have a little scene where Eddie's attorney Mr. Fish walks in and he's talking to Mr. Watkins and he's like oh that's my attorney what's he doing here and Eddie again tries to talk to his attorney and Mark is like it does not work that way you can't talk to these people and the attorney is telling the guy who's running the orphanage that he has to vacate the premises by 5 p.m. because this place is going to be turned into a new car lot. And the orphanage owner is like, your timing leaves a bit to be desired. It's Christmas. Oh, man. They're always putting people in positions like this, whether or not it be a village of dogs. Yeah. Now it's a village of orphans. Right. You got to be out by tomorrow. We're going to bring a bulldozer. Better have an old guy who wants to joust it. Otherwise, it's curtains for you. Watkins is asking them to at least give them to the first of the year. The attorney doesn't want to say who his client is, but Watkins obviously figures it out because who else is demolishing the building for a car lot? And Watkins says, your client is one of the most reprehensible people to walk the face of the earth, to which the attorney says, uh, yeah, I know. To Honest Eddie's disdain, because Honest Eddie's like, how dare you take that? No one says that about me. And, the and then he like, starts firing his attorney. He's like, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the attorney's kind of like getting real now and he tells the orphanage dude, the best thing I can tell you is just try to go talk to Honest Eddie. Go plead your case. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, I'm glad uh, Honest Eddie got to hear that. Yeah. Why are you telling him to plead his case? Why are you doing that? And he's like, actually, here's his home address. Let me give it to you. Oh, yeah. And then he just starts firing his attorney again. The Grinch fired. kept screaming, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Mark says something like, you can't buy friendship. Oh, yeah. He says so much for my friendship with that attorney. And Mark goes, you don't have friendship. You only rent lies. You can't buy friendship. Oh, that's you it. You can only rent lies. Yeah, let's do that over again for the edit. He says to him, <laughs> because right. So you messed it up too, geez. <laughs> Fine. You can't buy friendship. You only can rent lies. Mm-hmm. To which Honest Eddie is like, I don't trust people. I only trust money. And then Mark says, come on, you're throwing kids out of an orphanage, man. <laughs> and then we just cut to Honest Eddie holding his hands up, doing that little play in the violin motion by his shoulder. And he's like, oh, my heart bleeds. Yeah. He's playing his little tiny violin. And Honest Eddie said, I learned from the school of hard knocks. He's not getting it yet. His heart is well. Shut. Yeah. They begin to fade out. 
out. And Honest Eddie starts screaming, oh no, I hate this. Then we have a literal fade in as Mark and Eddie fade in to an empty apartment. It's a small apartment. This is going to be the composite scene for the Cratchit yeah. household. Yeah, well, it's To not- the founder of the feast, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> you could almost say instead of a Christmas carol, this is just another song for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God. And there's your extended preview, everybody. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, don't worry. It'll be out just in time for Christmas. And if you are the kind of listener that likes to interact with their podcasts, there are plenty of ways for you to do just that with Highway to Heaven Revisited. You can leave us a voicemail on the Hotline to Heaven. You can send us an email. You can follow the show on Instagram and SoundCloud. You can like it on Facebook, subscribe to it on YouTube, and support it on Patreon. And that's just to name all the ways. Highway to Heaven Revisited will premiere October 11th, 2020. I'm Sam Hine, the moderator of Highway to Heaven Revisited, saying thanks for listening. We can't wait to share the show with you in October. And Merry Christmas in July. Do you want to watch along with Rachel and Joel? Highway to Heaven is streaming almost anywhere. Check your favorite streaming platform to see if it is available. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts or moderator? Call the hotline to heaven. The number is 612-356-2495. That number again is 612-FLOW-BIZ-5. Theme music composed by Brian Just. Highway to Heaven Revisited is a Channel 3 TV production.